The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. And this podcast is on Mind, Body, Spirit FM Network. Today's podcast is, is this belly bloat, weight, or digestive problem? I use someone's stomach sticks out and you're like, oh my God, am I gaining weight or do I have the bloat? No matter what food you put in your stomach, do you think it's sticking out? Are you uncomfortable? You think you're gaining weight? If so, the show is for you because today we're talking about, is this abdominal bloat? Or is this weight gain? Many people may have seen the advertisements for this show. One of them was a picture of some young ruffian with an abdomen sticking out. Raise your hand if you saw the picture. Anybody see that? Do you know who that was? Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. If, if you saw the picture... Was that abdominal distension? Was it the bloat or was it weight gain? What do you think? If it's weight gain, raise your hands. If you thought it was bloat, raise your hands. You're right. It's more than bloat. That was obstruction. It's important to be able to know the difference between abdominal bloating and distension and weight gain. And the reason being is some abdominal bloat is very dangerous. That be me. I had somebody come up to me and go, Dr. Schultz, when are you expecting? And I say, that's wonderful, given that I tied my tubes when I was 36. Bloating is more than just 
a feeling of discomfort, like, oh my God, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. That was an old commercial for Pepto-Bismol or something. It's more than feeling like I put too much food in my digestive tract. It is. Bloating is literally more than the sensation of feeling that my abdomen is stretched inside. More serious bloating is that there is literally, in the most concerning part, that part of your ab digestive tract is not moving food through, or at least that's the part I care about. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, because some people get confused, and after they eat, they eat too big of a meal, it goes in their stomach, it stretches their stomach, and then they say, I'm bloating, when really, they've got a rump roast in there, they got some spaghetti, they got an extra large salad, and on and on and on. And so the question is, do you have this bloating, even if you just ate two shrimp or one shrimp or a half a shrimp and a half a cup of soup? We're taking your calls during the show, 207-846-6475 for a free mini reading. But if you're shy and you want to get a hold of me for a reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com or call 207-846-6475. And remember, Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. If you can't, well, you obviously are, but... For those people who are listening to this podcast, you can get it regularly by subscribing to Healthy Living Intuitively on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, if you are podcast savants. But remember, this, is, this forum is educational only. It's not intended to provide a patient relationship, a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And remember, if you're having a problem medically, physically, or emotionally, push yourself away from the Zoom, push yourself away from the Zoom, and go directly to the emergency room. Do not collect, pass go, do not collect $200. So there are a variety of reasons why we have bloating. If you were to look at a dashboard, there are a variety of reasons why your lights light up in your car telling you something wrong, something wrong. As we say in Rhode Island, something wrong. They, they have a problem with the middle, so, middle syllable. And all bloating is not, oh, I need digestive enzymes. I have reflux. I have um, lactose lactose intolerance, um, I have a wheat allergy, all these things that people say. A lot of people say it's because they have an overgrowth of yeast, candida, their microbiome is unbalanced, they had antibiotics, they have a bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Majority of bloating is due to motility problems, meaning it's like a garden hose. I had no idea that there's such a change in garden hose technology these days. You don't just go out and buy a garden hose. They're ones that 
stay flat. There are ones that wind up. There are ones that go into an accordion. There's all kinds of garden hoses. The same thing, uh, bowels. Everybody, if you look at their bowels, they don't look the same, but they function in a similar way in the sense that they're like a heart, a muscle. They open up, allow food to come in, and they clamp down to push the food forward. Open, allow food, and then clamp down to push it forward to the next segment of the bowel. So it's like a chain gang. The esophagus opens up, food goes in, and then it clamps it down and pushes it to the stomach. The stomach opens up, accommodates the food, and then clamps down and pushes it to the small intestine. The small intestine opens up, allows the food to come in, pushes down and pushes it to the large intestine. The large intestine opens up, food goes in, clamps down and pushes it out. Presto changeo, you have a flat abdomen. Isn't it a lovely world? It does, if that happened, but it doesn't. And the reason why is because lining the bowel are nerves that allow that to do that. When our heart, our heart has a rhythm, gagung, gagung, and it's telling you that like a row, row, people with oars in a boat, they're pushing in the same direction. They're, they're pulling forward, allowing the water to come in the oars and then pushing, pushing it away. Up, down, in, out. Water goes in the, blood goes in the heart, out. The thing is, is that if the muscle doesn't work in the heart together, if people aren't rowing all together in the boat, then the blood pools in the heart and you get AFib, VTAC, VFib, things are not good. And, and blood pools and you get an enlarged heart. Yes, enlarged heart or heart bloat. You heard it here first, heart bloat. It's not good. It's not good to have a heart bloat because you can have an aneurysm and this is not helpful. Similarly, if food pools in any segment of your bowel, the same thing happens. It's because the muscles aren't working together. Instead of saying that you have a nerve problem, conduction problem in your heart, AFib, VTAC, and whatever, you can say the same thing. You have a nerve conduction problem in your bowel because there are pacemakers in your bowel just like there are pacemakers in your heart. Did you know that? They can fix your heart by putting a pacemaker in. Did you know that for some people who had a problem with bowel motility, they used to put a pacemaker in? Did you know that? I was stunned. Isn't that funny? I didn't realize that in, that how that well that worked or didn't work until I was in an office at Mayo Clinic with the world one of the world's foremost neuro gastroenterologists, and he got a call from someone who had terrible abdominal distension and bloating. She was also very heavy, which I will explain in a second. I heard him go, "Nope, won't work. Nope, won't work." He's on the phone. Uh uh. Thank you. Goodbye. And I said, what was that about? And he said, that was another person asking for a bowel pacemaker. Remember now, we want things to move forward, forward, motility. I said, do the pacemakers work? And he said, no, they don't work. He said, pacemakers are for the heart. They don't work in bowels. But it would be lovely if they could, because all these people who have problems with 
abdominal distension and bloating would be helped. Instead, we take pills, all those medicines for IBS, IBSD, BIB, BIB, BIBICABLE. The reason why I don't like those phrases is because somehow they want to give you all these different C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, elemental P. They want to give you um, they want to give you a different name for a similar problem. IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome, meaning the nerves aren't working correctly on the bowel wall, which is the high entire digestive tract. D, meaning you get diarrhea or it moves too quickly. Or C, it doesn't move quick enough, constipation. It's essentially the same problem. Whether you're in hot failure or AFib, you have a arrhythmia. And to some degree, you take the same medicine. But suffice it to say, in Chinese medicine, it a lot of this starts in perimenopause when you have hormone problems with progesterone, estrogen. If most of your hormones go to estrogen and not enough progesterone, progesterone is relax and estrogen is push. Push, relax, push, relax. But if you're stressed and everything goes to estrogen, and your adrenal gland, you push, 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 and there's not enough relax. So guess what happens? Things don't move and you get constipated. That's estrogen dominance. All pushing, no relaxing. That is the classic example of someone who's adrenal gland exhaust, what they call adrenal gland exhaustion, because you're push, 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 push. You take your body fat, you convert it via progesterone to excess estrogen. And of course, that's lovely. In addition, you have excess cortisol, which makes, it's like taking steroids so all the bugs overgrow in your bowel, as if you didn't have enough problems. That's the first thing. So what do they do? They say you have liver meridian problems, especially feeling pressure underneath your rib cage, abdominal bloating, distension, and constipation. It happens after menopause. That's one of the leading causes of abdominal bloating, distension, and constipation, IBC. Another one would be if you had back problems and you had surgery. I never realized this was a key until a friend of mine whose husband was a race car driver. And I won't tell you who that is. But suffice it to say, he was sitting down and I was sitting down. And his abdomen was sticking up, out. And I've never seen a man with abdominal extension like this. Never. And men usually don't complain of bloating. They, I don't know why they don't, unless they uh, with beer, but this guy did. He said, I can't believe since the surgery, my, abdo my abdomen bloats out. And I looked at him and I went, you're right, it does, like mine does. And he said, why? If you go to anybody who works with lower backs, like you move the body rolling or neuromuscular therapy, you'll find out that the lower back L4, L5 works in concept concert with the rectus abdominis muscles, and they clamp down to push the stool out in concert with the pelvic floor. If you have a problem there, you're going to have a problem there. The more spinal disc issues you have, the worse it gets. Then finally, there are a bunch of neurological disorders that can affect the brain, one of which is epilepsy. And many people don't know this. But this goes to the mechanism of that stress causes bloating or shock. 
you can have a seizure in your temporal lobe, the area for intuition, intuition and mysticism. It's called an uncle seizure. And when you do, it makes your bowel, your small intestine, stop. It just stops. All motility stops. And then it inflates. And you can feel writhing abdominal pain and terrible nausea, which is a symptom of obstruction or pseudo-obstruction. Think about that. The area for emotion and intuition, if you can have a neurological spike there, hypermetabolic, it can suddenly stop or change the motility of the one area in your gut that we say is gut intuition. Think about that. In its most extreme sense, when you have a seizure in that area, they call them uncle seizures, and it causes a sudden obstruction where food won't go through. But you can understand when you have an intuitive sense, you get a bad feeling in your stomach. You have nausea. You double over. You get sick to your stomach. Milder forms of that are you're chronically distressed about something. It wears on the area and intuition in your brain and emotionality. You're worried about someone, worried about something. The area for empathy, intuition. It fires, 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 fires. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, your abdomen's sticking out. This happens in female dogs. It's the kind of shock. All of a sudden, that area of the bowel fills with fluid. It's a form of shock that happens in dogs that prevents, believe it or not, heart transplant. So a lot of people, when they get really stressed, really upset, their abdomen distends. Independent of what they eat, they could eat, eat nothing and their stomach sticks out. Think about why that may be. The area for emotion and distress, the amygdala, the temporal lobe, is connected to, neurologically, the small intestine. And if you're very, 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 very upset, which is like having, in a way, I'm stretching a little bit, like having a seizure, it will stop it. It's called an uncle seizure. And what's the solution? They give those people Valium and it stops. It goes away. Valium is an anticonvulsant. GABA anti-anxiety can make it better, but that's not to say that everybody who has this problem, you know, you're a nervous thing, you need to just calm down. I have yet to meet a person with intuition who was highly intuitive that wasn't anxious. However, a lot of intuition comes to us through, you know what? I'm nervous about you. I get a bad feeling about this. That's anxiety, foreboding. So I'm opening up the questions. I'm taking the phone, putting the phone back on the hook. And hopefully I did set the record button. All the other causes of obstruction are abdominal surgeries where you have scar tissue. Hold on one second. Hi, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. You're live on the Zoom podcast, Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. You're being recorded. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. I'm happy listening to you, but wanted to call in as well. So hi. How are you? So I am calling about bloat. I think we're just severely undiagnosed placebo, cleared that out, had mold exposure when the child all started. This has been going on for eight years. 
I've worked with a mold specialist. I've worked with a, a gut specialist for my microbiome to rebuild. I've done protocol after protocol, and nothing is fixed. So you understand what I'm talking about, that you're I talking think- about everything you put in your bowel, but you're not talking about the muscle. Okay, first of all, you use the word dysregulation, which of course speaks very loudly of your background or treatment that you've had. I'm not going to say that out loud, but nobody walks around the street and goes, oh my God, look at that thing in the news. I feel dysregulated. (laughs) I use the word all the time. I know, but but no, no, no. We have five basic emotions, fear, anger, sadness, love, and joy. People don't go, oh my God, that person was so dysregulated. They go either they were anxious, sad, fearful, angry, or something. They don't say dysregulated. So it's a very interesting thing. So it's a very specific word people use with a specific skill set in a certain career or training or treatment. But we're going to set that aside for a second because we're going to set it aside. Because I know that word. So how old are you? Uh, 45, 46. Okay, first of all, oh my God. You're not the way you you appear. This isn't about just your stomach. You have other things going on other than your stomach and you know it. So don't bother calling this show saying, I'm just going to tell her about the stomach and nothing else because that's not going to happen here. I'm not fooled. For me to go, oh my God, my head hurts means something else going on here. It's not simple. Um, And you manage this other thing by spending time alone and apart. Alone and apart because... You're porous or sensitive and very keyed into people around you and your way of handling it is staying away from them. Yeah. I can't figure out if, um, well, to quote Lady Gaga, you were probably born that way, but it got aggravated by environments that um, had loud emotions, loud emotions. So, um, Sherrington, who was a neurologist in 1917 or something like that, I somehow I pulled that date out of my digestive tract, (laughs) (laughs) Um, talked about how there's an association between vascular migraine headaches and those kinds of twitchy, um, twitchy brain problems that I talked about. And they can affect the digestive tract because they're both in Chinese medicine, liver meridian. Hmm. They cause spasms and muscles. A migraine is a vascular problem where the muscle spasms in the vessel. But um, in Chinese medicine, liver wind epilepsy is the same thing, it's spasmodic. And the digestive tract, the same thing. When the muscle spasms or baby has colic, it's called the same thing. It's called liver wind. Anything that's quick like that. 
So the thing is, don't say anything. Otherwise, they'll take this away from me. I won't have a job. And, you you know, who's going to pay for those cats? Food. Okay. I put very expensive food on the floor. That one right there is very anxious. Look, it's really keeping him up from sleeping. Wake up. Anyway, so there's something very different about your brain. And then, like um, that kind of Mexican food, refried beans, which I've never understood the concept. You were you were born with a fried brain, and then it got refried by your environment. <laughs> there was loud emotions, which made it even more um, amygdala centric. Where um, um, where you don't have a lot of insulation, you have more porous or sensitive to people's feelings, noise, sounds, and that without the capacity to censor it. Usually what people develop is the frontal executive function. It doesn't. It gets shunted right to your body and with body reactions. First stop. Well, they say, how do you get to heaven? You go through Atlanta. For the first stop for you would be the gut. And a lot of people say, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I can't stand it because that's like it's the only nerve. There's many more nerves than the damn vagus. All you have to do is look at your basic brainstem. If there's, there's, if there's just the vagus there, you'd be dead. Suffice it to say, there was some kind of environment when you were growing up, you were in the middle of warring factions. There's a guy, and you, so what you do is whenever you feel conflict, you feel it in your gut. You have to, solution number one, A, and that is you have to be able to observe, describe, what's going on around you and be able to put a word to it so that you can name the emotion. That's where you got the word dysregulate, but that's an intellectualized word. You need to use the word fear, anger, sadness, love, or joy. That person that I just saw is angry, sad, fearful. If you use the word dysregulate, you are censoring it. Therefore, the real feeling goes right in your gut. Don't do that. It's been done. It gets ugly. Do you understand? Yeah. It, it began and ended with the first word, dysregulate. So if you say, um, someone said to me once, I arrived, I was really upset with them. And the only way that I knew I was angry was my hand was shaking. Because I have this unusual brain. So I said, I think I'm angry. Shows you how assertive I am. I think I'm angry. I'm disappointed because we were supposed to go to the beach and now you change it. So I have to tell you, because my therapist says I have to do this. It was really ridiculous. These were the good old days. I, what did I think she was going to do? Give me a testimonial dinner? <laughs> I'm supposed to tell you that I'm angry. So that will help me build health because the anger doesn't come out my mouth. It gets stuck in my neck and I blow discs. And this person gets out of the car and starts running around the vehicle screaming, at which time I get upset. Nice. So then they say, I make amends to you. I went, what? I make amends to you. I went, what are you talking about? I'm from Rhode Island. Amends? Amends? What, you, you mean I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry is a limbic word. Fear, anger, sadness, love, joy. I'm sorry. If you say I make amends, that's a frontal lobe. That's an intellectualized word. It does not correct the feeling. 
So when you say I'm dysregulated, it doesn't fix the emotion. It's a therapeutic word that you may have read in a book. And you may say, I'm dysregulated because I am not being able to name the, take the emotion from my right brain, bring it to my left, name it, respond effectively and release it, or um, use, a, use a mindfulness technique called Wise Mind and DBT, page 75, I have the whole book tabbed. Suffice it to say, you can't do that. There is a guy named Salvador Mnuchin, who's very helpful for people who have abdominal bloating distension and weight gain. He noted that people who are in a family who are the sensitive ones, unlike other people, they watch what was going on and they said, you know, this is going on. People go, nope, 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 nope. It was an invalidating environment. So they frequently stood between people and tried to create peace. They carry it in their body and almost always had digestive weight, body image, blood sugar. So Salvador Mnuchin checked everybody's cortisol levels, adrenal gland, third chakra, same thing, right church, different pew. Whether it's digestion, weight, or adrenal gland, cortisol. He says, let's just shut up, not say anything in the house. And he measures people's cortisol. Mother's goes down, father's goes down. Possibly the cat's goes down. Look, see, is he upset? No. I'm the one that has a stomach ache. And then he measures the cortisol. Yours would go up. Mine would go up. We'd be the one almost in the ICU. Why? Because and our cortisols would go up and our stomachs would be messed up and someone else's weight would go up and someone else would get ulcerative colitis and so on and so on. He said that the conflicts of the family take a detour. The total amount of cortisol, the distress in the family stays the same. It just tends to register more in certain people. That's you, Missy. Yeah. So you can, yes, you have perhaps a more problem censoring what's in your environment. Your brain, your frontal executive function, your frontal lobe has trouble muting or censoring what's going on more than other people go, oh, there's nothing to worry about. There's no rubbernecking here. However, that said, this is who you're always going to be. You can learn how to mindfully observe, describe aloud, because people leave that those kinds of families and they either become social workers, therapists, intuitives, or bowel uh, transplant candidates. That's I'm kidding. My point is, is that you're going to have to learn emotional regulation, but you're also going to have to learn how to work with your motility problem in your bowel that gets out of whack when things around your environment aren't working. I would work with a, I would go to a major medical center near you like Cleveland Clinic, like Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Yes, I flew in there looking like the Queen Mary and he helped me. It was unbelievable. My problem is the nerves die due to bowel, uh, brain, uh, back surgeries. Unbelievable. Um, so uh, you could go to one of those people and they can find out how the nerves work. One of them is they do the swallow test, which I had, but it was normal. But that was because I, for four years, all I did was drink clear liquid <laughs> because I'd end up in the hospital with an obstruction. 
over and over again and still look like the Queen Mary on clear liquid. It didn't matter. However, I'm an exaggeration. I'm every woman. Not really. I'm just an exaggeration. I've seen um, actresses eat modicum, pritikin amount of food and get on the set and take the character, take on the character of a very abused person. And within moments, their abdomen is way out. They'd eat nothing. And the director has had to stop the taping because continuity means that their stomach has to look the same between scenes and they can't because their stomach is way out. And she, I had to fly all the way out to San Francisco to deal with that one. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. So when I look at your head, I look at your neck. It feels like, I can't look at you when I read you. I wonder if a part of your spine twists. I can't figure out if it's your neck, your upper back, or what that is. I wonder if that causes you to have pressure in your head. I look at your heart. I wonder at times whether it feels like your heart skips a beat, adds a beat. I look at your left chest wall, right chest wall, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. You don't need a lot at all. You don't eat overeat at all. Some people eat big meals, which complicates it. It's like trying to carry one big grocery bag from the car in. If you eat one big meal, it gets stuck in your digestive tract. And it's really hard to push because of the dog agrees. I don't know whose dog that yeah. is, but they're smart. Um, it's hard to carry that one bag. So it's harder if you have motility issues, if you have bloating, it's easier for you to eat smaller meals because it's easier for the muscle to push it through. But you don't eat big meals. No. I know you don't. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see a motility problem as well. Yeah, your liver and gallbladder as well. But you don't have excessive body fat. And usually people with gallbladder issues a lot of the time have excess fat in their diet. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary. I see old scar tissue in your pelvis. I can't figure out 
if you had old cysts there, something was lost, something removed. That's in addition to the brain or the head thing that you were always born with. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see something different with your lower back, L5, S1. At times, I wonder whether you have waves of nausea and that's the feeling in your stomach. You have low protein. You can be anemic. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Yes. Um, often am diagnosed with anemia. Um, was a vegetarian for too long, so that led to protein issues in the body. Definitely have ways of nausea. But wait a minute, but that, forget, uh, we're going to get on the nausea in a second. But you're not, it's not from, it's not the vegetarianism now. That's not why. Keep going. Keep going. No, yeah, I eat meat now, so I'm, I don't know if my body has trouble with proteins. I just, I, I eat it, but I don't know if I'm absorbing, absorbing it. it correctly. Yeah, I, I do feel like there are definitely absorption issues and mal, malnutrition issues due to absorption. Um, I was diagnosed with SIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome due to mold exposure severely over seven to eight years. Wait a minute. What, what syndrome is it? SIRS. C-I-R-S, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. It's basically mold biotoxin. I understand that. I understand that, but that's not... I understand that you have a problem that, that keeps you in between diagnostic categories, which then causes a, a network of people to define a new syndrome with a new name on it to give you yes. a good feeling, but they still can't do anything for you. A name for that does not mean they can do anything for you. That's why yes. you heard me sigh that's because it doesn't help you because a lot of people, it doesn't help you. Yeah. So right. were you raised in an environment where there was chaos? Yeah. I was born, um, into severe chaos. No one did emotions at all. Emotions were not okay. The only emotion that was acceptable was severe anger. Um, and no one, so no one did feelings. I am an intuitive by trade. <laughs> and it took me years to come into Okay. That. First of all, that may be very lovely, but that's not helping you. That's making this worse. So what yeah, you need yeah, to do, that awesome. makes that worse because an intuitive is, it is like a temporal lobe on the stick. You need to put a frontal lobe on top of it. Otherwise, you're going to be your gut centric. Yeah. So what you're going to do is it doesn't help me. That Vogue Smith is looking at me like I'm marginal. I don't know what else to say to you. However, I, I'm missing organs here. So you don't want to become another Mona Lisa. I have only right. one disc left in my spine, C1, C2. Right. Uh, these are not real. I'm, to I'm talking about my breasts. The thyroid, that went a long time ago. That was easy. I'm not even going to go down the list. It actually is pathetic. The point of the matter is you have to acquire a prosthetic frontal lobe, meaning you have to learn skills on how to observe, describe, allow, and not shunt feelings down into your digestive tract, into, into your body. Because otherwise, the problem is not the mold. The problem is not all these things in the external environment. 
The problem is your enhanced hypersensitivity. What's embarrassing is, have you looked at my face today? Did you see the sty in the eye? Well, you could look at the sty in the eye, okay? It's always something here, okay? Then, of course, there would be cellulitis or something else or something else because the problem is not mold. It's not any of these things. It's that I have exaggerated immune system. And so you could remove everything and I'd still react. So I stayed inside during COVID and I got cellulitis of my face. Didn't catch COVID, but almost (laughs) I could get cellulitis and it could go to my brain and get encephalitis. So my point is, is this. Stop looking for a word or a name to name your problem. Understand that you shunt your pain and feelings or the pain of others into your body. And it causes what you use the word dysregulation. It's better to say, I stuffed that person's anger in my body. So, for example, I'm having a uh, bookkeeping accountant problem. And so it went right into the eye. <laughs> right. Now they can tell me all they want to hear that, you know, you didn't clean your makeup enough. And I've done it the same. <laughs> you understand? Staph yeah. lives in your skin. When you have excessive cortisol, it makes you immunocompromised. And as a result, the staph, you become allergic to your own staph. Do you understand? And so as lately, I've had bowel obstructions. Why? Because I'm now having problems with my own bacteria in my bowel. So what, am I going to go to someone and they're going to give me a name of the syndrome? Or am I going to learn how to name the emotion, respond effectively and release it? Not to mention that I am intuitively keyed in to the person. Remember now the story I told you, the person that I'm angry with. Because I know if I get angry with them, they're angry at me back. And I don't want anybody to be angry with me because I am right. anxious when that or so I just assume just walk away. But I can't. I can't. I've been walking away for eight months and I can't move forward. So therefore I have to approach someone who's angry. And I have to get angry back. And what do I do? I lose an eye. You cannot, you have to figure out an effective way of handling this because your family was a mess. They didn't have emotions. And so when you have one, it gets shunted down in your body because you don't know a healthy way of having them. The only way I know how to do this is DBT. D is in dog, B is in boy, T is in tomahawk. DBT. The I happened right before I got on the phone here. I've taken it and I've taught it. So when you say I work as an intuitive, good for you. But you'll get more and more sensitive as you get to perimenopause. Yeah, well, I'm already there. Well, that's why you don't have, when your hormones go down, your progesterone and your estrogen go down, you even have less frontal capacity to censor, mute, or effectively respond to your feelings. So they're more likely to be shunted to your body. Your bowel is more likely to twist. Run, don't walk to your nearest mental health center and get a group that does DBT. You'll hate it. You'll hate it. You'll say there are a lot of people here who have PTSD. There are a lot of people here who I don't like. Good. You'll learn skills on how to handle them. Uh, Do you think I'm enjoying this here? I got to lie down tonight. Okay. With this. 
with a compress in my eye and have someone tell me that I haven't been cleaning my eyes effectively. I have. <laughs> Good luck. You take it easy, okay? Thank you. That was interesting. Anybody else? <laughs> but that's a perfect example of how it isn't always... Um, It's neurological. That's a perfect example of neurological, how you can get really upset and you can affect bowel motility and it can make your bowel not move and that makes the bowel overgrowth. And next thing you know, it inflates. Yes. How can I be of help? Angie, the beautiful and you, there you go. Hi. I just muted you again. I, you know, I don't like these buttons. Hold on one second. There you go. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I totally get what you just said. And I was um, currently going through something um, typical with the um, bloating and the uh, motility. Um, did I say that right? Motility? Yep. Okay. Motility issues and uh, um, low iron count. And um, I get it. I feel well, like the, iron, the other iron thing is if you're not having your period, you might not be absorbing it because small intestine absorbs the iron. And yeah, so, no, yeah, um, it has definitely decreased considerably. You need to talk to your person because small intestine has a receptor for um, iron and it also has a receptor for B12. The only reason why I know that was when I came back from the surgery that completely wiped out the bowel, I was taking Coumadin. Yeah, And I had to take more okay. Coumadin and more Coumadin and more Coumadin. And my doctor is going, why do you have to take so much of this? And no one could tell me why. I was taking two and a half, almost three tablets a day. I looked sure. it up. And you know how much, why? Because the only people who have trouble absorbing Coumadin are people who have small intestinal bypasses for obesity. Okay. And I don't absorb things. And I, the only other reason I figured that out was when I got scurvy one winter. Well, I was a Disney world. Yup. I got scurvy because I wasn't absorbing vitamin C either or either, oh. depending on what country you're in. So that was when I realized it wasn't just Coumadin that I was having trouble absorbing, but I was having trouble absorbing vitamin C, B12, BIB, BIB, all, so, all kinds of things. So test your iron. I did. They did. And it just came back and it, it's, it's low. It's extremely low. So then you have to um, have them supplement, but you want to look at other things that you might not be absorbing if you have this problem with your bowel. Okay, so how would I ask my GI doctor, would I just say, what other tests can you give me to help show me what I'm not B absorbing? B12. That's a simple, quick and dirty test. B12. Test me for B12. And how does that fit in if other people because are- Because B12, B12- With intuition. Um, no. B12 is an intrinsic factor. And if you have small problems with small intestine, you won't make intrinsic factor and you won't have enough B12. Because I just had a, go ahead. a colonoscopy and it was, I had flying colors. It was and my I tell you, a colonoscopy is lovely. That's like me driving 30, 60 miles an hour down the speedway and saying this road is fine because oh. I'm going fast. It's, it's just, you're looking at it with your naked eye. It's sure, not... Sure, sure. You want to run the test B12 and see if you're making it. A, so a how scope. Does because if you, if you have chronic gut problems and it gets inflamed, 
the digestive tract wall doesn't work. You won't make oh, enough. Oh, I see. You won't and make it. Go is ahead. that because you're, how does that fit in with intuition then? Because the temporal lobe area for intuition connects um, very directly to the small intestine. When people so, have hyper, people have hyperfunctional temporal lobes as in epilepsy, when they have seizures, the small intestine stops working. Okay. It's called an uncle seizure. Okay. So, and, and that may explain the biological or anatomical basis behind gut intuition. Sure. Okay. The I brain connected to, let me take Tara's because we have about 11 minutes yeah, left. Thank you. Yep. I'll do the Thank you so much. Thank That's great. Thank you. Um, Tara, how can I be of help? Hi there. Um, I love your show so much, by the way. Thank you. So tell, tell your friends because I'm not I the do. best at promotion. I'm long on content, short on promotion. Do you know I went on, um, I got to tell you this. This is unbelievable. I asked a friend because I want to get a radio show, right? If anybody knows that anybody at, um, I'm going to tell you the network, please, please, please <laughs> get me an interview. Um, it is, um, I think it's Premier Network. Okay. It's where um, Frank Norrie, Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are on. But anyway, suffice it to say, um, that might also be the eye. I'm not sure. I'm frustrated. But anyway, so she was going to tell me, this person's very famous. She was going to tell me, help me get on radio. So I go there and she tells me, you can't, the radio, nobody's listening to radio anymore. Where you want to go is TikTok. And I immediately, intuitively get a bad feeling about it. But you know, I gave it the old college try. I'm going to be open. So I did a video on TikTok. I did two. I did three. I did four. And you know what I got? Nothing. Oh, I got plenty. <laughs> I got people who wanted sex. Why? I sex. Now, I don't think of myself as a particular <laughs> sex bot, okay? I, it has never happened to me like this before, but I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> the intake, it was like every five seconds with the TikTok. Bing, bing, <laughs> bing, bing. Why aren't you answering my message? Why aren't you answering? How'd you like to meet up? You look beautiful today. I, first of all, does this eye sky look beautiful? <laughs> it is, I want you to know I'm like, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> and after doing that four days in a row, I went, now all do, in all sincerity, you could you do a you do a hashtag medical intuitive and who did I get? The number one person there is a lady with blue glasses, and she and I have as much in common as me and a bag of charcoal briquettes. <laughs> barbecues. Nothing. There's nothing in common. So I want you to know that. Anyway, so I ask you a question, but go ahead. Uh Tell my friends, because uh, whatever I will you, tell I'm my friends myself. But anyway, go ahead. Um, I promise I will tell my friends. I have already. Um, I have had acid reflux for the first time in my life, just like a week and a half ago. I was how, doing. How old are you? I'm fifty-four. First time. Yeah, I think I felt it before. I started sleeping on my back. Okay, because... first of all, wait a minute. Back up. Yeah. Back up. If you, for the first time in your life, 54. Where had, it came up. I've probably had heartburn before, but like it came. No. 
Just, just bear with me. Okay. Because I'm part Latina and part from Rhode Island. That's the way we respond to things. Okay. <laughs> if this is the first time you, you've had this like this, sudden onset, you go to an internal doctor, a cardiologist, and you get a workup. Okay. But, but, but you go to a women's heart center. Yeah. Because too often, an EKG does not pick up anatomy of heartache. I just posted something on TikTok. <laughs> I do these videos. It's called Medical Intuitive Moment by with Dr. Mona Lisa because hashtag medical intuitive has a lot of different search things. So I learned all about the searches. I learned all about the hashtags. And what do I get? I get sex ads, but I'm letting it go because the eye apparently got annoyed. But my point is that I did one on anatomy of the heartache and intuition. And I learned in my training that anybody, any woman, and then you'll get to gender stuff, but it has to do with anatomy in the brain and how it's connected. If you have a symptom from the shoulders all the way down to your pubic bone, new onset, you get an EKG. However, if you... Sudden onset, you can have an atypical neurological wiring for your heart. And a negative EKG doesn't mean anything. You have to go to a woman's heart center because I have a friend <laughs> who had the same thing. And she had three negative EKGs. And someone who was a very sweet thing, somehow by accident, the only time she had a mildly atypical one, she had a fight with the nurse. And I was like, Really? Anyway, make a long story short, they ran her blood enzymes and she was having a heart attack. And okay. she never had a, a positive EKG. So you need to find out if that is indeed reflux. I felt it before, but not, I, I was stressed because of- Can I tell you? I don't care if you eat. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> because stress can bring on reflux. Stress right. can bring on a heart attack and stress could be stress. That's why when I had a small bowel obstruction, the guy said, do you suffer from anxiety? I'm like, well, you know, yes, but you can still have a, you get my point. Can you look at my heart? Would you do, um, can you do? Well, the first thing, yes. But the first thing I saw, yes, it doesn't matter what, I see mostly going on. You're still going to get evaluated because it's still yeah, something precipitating it. Um, some situation that you're trying to minimize is going on. Yes. That you are great at maintaining stable emotional footing and ignoring it. And you're hiding your emotions. You're trying to, you're someone who avoids conflicts. You're keeping everybody else happy and yeah. not yourself. And there's someone who has a lot of anger in their chest and is doing things that are not kind to you in the very least. Mm. And somehow you're either getting taken advantage by money, property, resources, whatever it is, you don't do anything about it. And it, this is about threats. When you get reflux like that and it's mm. sudden on that, there's studies of marsupials. It has to do with someone is threatening your territory territory with money property and resources what's going on um well my rent is going up but i was at my sister's house at the no, time wait a minute, wait a minute. someone is threatening your yeah. territory your, your rent so is going high. up right 
and I feel afraid to ask about it because I feel that I'm being charged more rent and no, no wait a minute no 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 that's a separate issue yeah the point of the matter is your rent's going up whether you're afraid of asking about it or not your rent is going up yes you always had I'm trying to minimize it Oh, what were you enough, enough with the minimization. That's therapy yeah. you're talking. My yeah. point is your territory is about to be infringed on because yeah. you're afraid that you may or may not be able to afford it. So you're afraid that you're going to lose your territory. Like <laughs> my cat, I have this new kitten, Minnie Pearl. When her sister, Loretta Lynn, gets upset, she hits her. And Minnie Pearl pees on the floor. I haven't peed on the floor yet. I know, but my <laughs> point is, she's, the reason why she hits her is because Loretta Lynn is afraid she's losing her territory to yeah. a kitten. You're afraid that you're going to lose your apartment because you're afraid you're not going to afford it. So now you're bringing up all these discussions. I'm afraid to talk with them. I'm afraid that it's on whatever that is. It's the stages of death, fear, anger, <laughs> bargaining, your rent is going up. So all of that, you think you have to get someone to discuss this with you about your options, but you're going to the wrong place. Mm. You're going to the landlord first when really um really that's not where you should go first you should go to your local rental board or something mm -hmm. to find out what your rights are but but what you're doing is something that frequently people do who have been victimized they go to the fox mm -hmm. if they're a hen in the hen house Mm. Go, excuse me, sir. <laughs> You're new here. I haven't seen you before. <laughs> this is our hen house. Can you um tell us what your uh, role is here? Well, I'm raising your rent. Oh, well, I'm just another hen here. And um, I don't know. I don't know if this is fair or not. Are you kidding? He's bigger than you. He has more rights than you, possibly. I don't know. So you have to get someone who's bigger than him. And that is your local rental authority to find out what your rights are before you even talk to him. Because if he's raising your rent, then when you go to him, it looks you have no power position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to make you angry on top of fear. Mm -hmm. Because when he acts unkind or cavalier or whatever, you're going to be angry and feel um, discounted, feel disrespected, and then that's going to make it worse. One last question. Deborah. Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Yes, uh, we have one uh, minute left. Yes. Okay. My daughter, who is in Oregon, I'm in Southwest Florida. When I talk to her, I miss her desperately, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know all that backstory, but I noticed yesterday um, 
I was aware that like to eat um, rather than to process the feelings, you know, uh, the Marsha, the DBT, those skills, um, they've been in our household for a while. They were brought into the house through my daughter's uh, attempt on her own life back in 05. Oh. But anyway, well, has- uh, what, and then I, and the reason that I had went on a cleanse of sorts, just water for the day. Um, okay, stop, stop. Okay. You called, something upset you, the person was not available. So well, we, you, we were we were on that we were FaceTime. Okay, I understand. Whatever happened, you okay. called. You had contact with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Happened. You get off the phone. You started talking about DVT because we only have one minute left. Because I, next, wait a minute. Next yeah. thing you know, you're doing a cleanse. Well, I did the. I was not. I was cleansing before. Yeah, um, I talked with my daughter. You know, and then you mentioned the deep Marshall Linehan, and I, I'm on Amazon trying to buy the books. <laughs> you know oh, no, I mean? you have to get into a group. You have to get into the group. Okay. Book. That's what they, my girls were in a group. That's like, you know what that's like? That's like saying, um, I want to buy a book on Lamaze, and I'm going to read the book, <laughs> and I'm all set now, all set for childbirth. Cesarean. I right. I know. Right. No, no. I'm going to go right through the childbirth. I'm going to have natural childbirth. I've read all about Lamaze. And um, apparently there's some kind of thing about panting. I read the book and I'm all set. Are you crazy? <laughs> You're going yeah. to get the group. It's a class. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. Please come back next week. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Be brilliant. Be well. Do right by your loved ones. Have a great, great day. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.